Your sensors are correct. Do not adjust your heading. Your heading. You've discovered the Omega Particle. Streaming to the Alpha Quadrant and beyond. 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 Here's your host. The anchorman of the Federation. The doctor of Dilithium. This is Jonathan Wiegand. Welcome back to the Omega Particle Podcast. You know me. It's your doctor of Dilithium on the cutting edge of societal evolution, meeting and surpassing all of your greatest expectations. We are covering the very first episode of season two of Strange New Worlds, The Broken Circle. And I, I have to say, I, I love doing the review for Picard season three. And and, and maybe let's let's just be honest here. That might be some of the best Trek we've we've seen in the last 20 years. So coming into Strange New Worlds, it's it's a little tough for me because I have these Picard lenses on and I don't don't know how that's gonna maybe warp my perception. So I'm trying to be as, you know, professional as I can and give Strange New Worlds exactly the credit it's due, but I, I will say, um, man, Picard was so good and so fulfilling. But so we're shifting vibes, getting back to the original tales of the OG Enterprise, and and I have to say, I, I was kind of pleasantly surprised with this week's opening episode. And again, let me know what you guys think. Did you like it, or was it a pile of disappointment, just like fruit stripe gum? And this is for all my millennials growing up in the '90s. You know what that was. It was a gum that was, what was it, Luna? It lasted 20 seconds. It was awful. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's so good to be back on the podcast. We've been, I guess, we don't know if it's mold, allergies, sinus infections, but I've literally had like three sinus infections um, over the past month. So it's been really um, just taking a toll mentally, you know, like just, can I just get well again? So hopefully that that's kind of uh, gearing up. But I hope everyone in, in the real world out there, I hope everyone enjoyed Father's Day, and there was Juneteenth coming up here in the United States uh, last Monday. Happy Juneteenth for all those American listeners out there. I will say this. It's just been a real pleasure to talk to some of you guys. I know um, some people have reached out for me to do invites for their podcasts, and I'll get back to you on those. I really just like to stick with my beautiful OPP audience. So, um, But maybe if you guys uh, please let me know if you... uh, liked me to go on other podcasts. I might do it. Who knows? But we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Anyway, let's let's kind of dive right back into the review of The Broken Circle. And um, just to kind of a recap of reviews here on Omega Particle, it's 100% original. So I don't read anything. I don't read reviews. I don't. It's just exactly what I think watching the episode. So I, it's and it's kind of dangerous because I may say I like it and literally everyone's like, hated it so but that's my honest opinion and it's it's the anchorman of the federations i mean this is what i do these are my words and mine alone and i like to cover the good parts the bad parts and plus you know those fun easter eggs that we all love and you know potential plot lines the writers may like stick in there or may hide uh example is the uh, Picard season three with Data and the musical notes and the end credit scene. So it kind of pointed to Data coming back. But anyway, without further ado, Luna, let's light this candle and start the Grand Theft Enterprise. 
So on paper, Strange New Worlds may appear as the the most conventional addition, you know, to the current Star Trek franchise. I mean, it kind of follows that more episodic format. It's kind of like the original series. It's very lighthearted and has that kind of uh, ambience and vibe with it. And it's very embracing of the inherent wonders of space exploration. It doesn't shy away from that and always comes back that to exploring the world's and even the strange ones are we gonna keep that i don't maybe (laughs) but uh i mean despite its nostalgic elements the show kind of never really especially in the first season never really felt stagnant to me or really kind of bound by its past and that's kind of the trouble when you with doing star trek is that it's there's so much canon that to fit a show right before kirk in there is really tough because there's so many things bounding it. Now we had Discovery kind of encasing the show in the timeline, so it was kind of difficult to um, really work and have some movability, but it really has shined. And speaking of shining, I think the show does best when it kind of playfully messes with and challenges our assumptions about you know the nature of the show and what we expect i mean it constantly surprising us with this different genre or tone or even the format changes that kind of really breathe new life into the episodes and again that was kind of really with the first season and and not a surprise it kind of continued with the season two premiere and it, and it really chose kind of an unexpected path and the did the exact opposite of pretty much what I thought they were going to do and what a lot of shows, a lot of successful shows would have done after that massive season one cliffhanger. So instead of rather like kicking it off with kind of a catch up for the new viewers or simply, you know, a, a sunny affair meant to like kind of remind us of why we were all so glad this show's back, it kind of throws us right into the fire. It throws us right into this kind of messy character dynamics and kind of life or death stakes and i mean don't get me wrong i'm very happy that the show's back i am love that we have new track especially with this writer strike going on and the potential that it might not end anytime soon so i'm definitely uh savoring these new tracks despite the conclusion you know, like i mentioned where una faced like arrest for concealing her uh, genetic background the broken circle barely talked about it and I was like really surprised by that. But again, a welcome surprise. Like, cause I was expecting it to be almost a continuation of the season one finale that would go right into resolution to fix that. And instead we get this, let's steal the enterprise and the Klingon war. And it's just kind of, I don't know. It, it really kind of messed with me and, and it really allowed the story to open up a little bit because it temporarily removes Captain Fike from the Enterprise. And I feel like a, a less confident show might have just hesitated to kept Anson Mount, you know, the fr- the face of the franchise to kind of really just been the vocal point of the first episode back, especially such a highly anticipated return. However, Strange New Worlds didn't do that. It fearlessly, in my opinion, seized the chance to spotlight other character arcs of like kind of B players, you know, confident that we would like be happy with it and go on this journey and so i mean it was a gamble but 
I think it paid off. And again, if you guys disagree with me or agree with me, please let me know. Hit us up on social media and we can talk about it. I do it for a lot of fans and it's always fun uh, debating and or even kind of being like, yeah, that was awesome, like with you guys, because it is fun. That's why one of the aspects I love about the podcast. So moving on, just kind of a general overview of the episode, deep diving into Spock now. So I want to say that Ethan Peck really kind of doesn't get the, in my opinion, the admiration and recognition for this the tremendous talent as a performer he's bringing in, especially with his portrayal of Spock. And I mean, it, it kind of really has set him apart from both Leonard Nimoy and Zachary Quinto's interpretations of the character. It just seems that it's a very youthful Spock, and it's kind of nice to see him being confronted with these weighty responsibilities of a seasoned officer. So it's kind of going back and forth between the kid and this grown-up level of commander that we see. So that that's really nice. And also how he grapples with the aftermath of his decision, you know, to like unleash his inner fury to combat the Gorn in All Who Wonder from the first season. To me, that, that just really definitely become the breakaway, you know, from Nimoy and Quinto because... We didn't really see Spock embrace his emotions so openly and visibly than ever before. And we still see him kind of unsure and uncertain how to navigate them. Kind of a young Spock. And I think that's a really cool thing to see, especially that this character has been around for over 50 years. The fact that we're seeing a new side of him is really interesting and is incredibly difficult. So credit where credit is due to Ethan Peck and bringing it back to this episode i mean we see spock undergoing just an emotional roller coaster man i mean he's ranging from anxiety and and stress when assuming command to like grappling with complex feelings towards nurse chapel and then ultimately experiencing profound devastation upon realizing the potential sacrifice of two officers you know to save countless others and Peck, you know, brilliantly navigates this array of emotions and and conveys Spock's inner turmoil with his facial expressions that speak volumes without the need for words. So it seems like Peck knows how to portray Spock. He knows how to do the little things. And that's very impressive to me. And it just brings a lot of delight and just unexpected surprises with the character. And I got to admit, Spock has never been my favorite Star Trek character, but I like this portrayal. I like it a lot. And speaking of Nurse Chapel, I mean, we see Chapel and then I can never do his name right, Luda. Mimbenga, I mean, they carry a lot of beneath the surface. I mean, they both possess like this hidden, kind of like an onion, as Shrek says, this hidden layers and hidden depths. And I mean, it's it's difficult to fathom, you know, either of these people are battle-hardened fighters, but they are. And, I mean, even, in, again, Mbenga carries a vial, what it, I guess you could say is adrenaline, you know, suggesting, you know, he has some unresolved and enduring trauma, you know, that maybe we'll explore in, in future episodes and in future seasons. And I will say this, kind of speaking of the fight sequences, I mean, with the strobe lights, I thought they were just beautifully beautifully executed and I, I i was completely gripped can we just say the fact that 
the season two trailer kind of spoiled the, you know, the shot of them clinging to each other while propelling themselves out of an airlock. I mean, we saw that. And then in its context, it was gorgeous in this episode, but it felt kind of cheap, you know, after seeing the trailer. And I wish they wouldn't have included such a pivotal scene in the trailer for that, but that's just me. So, um, speaking of trailer and, and new characters and things, in another plot point, we see the introduction of this uh, incredible Carol Kane as Chief Fleet Inspector Commander Pela, and she's belonging to the fascinating Lethanite species. Am I pronouncing that right? Lethanite. Is that my Appalachia school uh, coming through, Luna? I guess. So these, if you, just a recap, if you don't remember from the episode, these Lethanite species are these I guess they've successfully posed as humans on Earth for like centuries and they've possessed like a near immortal nature. I mean, the show definitely doesn't shy away from deliberately positioning her in the vacant chief engineer position. And it's evident, you know, that in the, this season, she's going to be this comedic relief to the series. So that's good. And I mean, I've seen her in a bunch of other stuff. So it's kind of cool to have uh, Carol Kane back um, in Star Trek. Back in Star Trek. Is she ever in Star Trek, Luna? Okay, you'll let me know. She won't let me know. I know you're just on TikTok, Luna, all day. Well, you're an intern. Why would I pay you? It's the experience. <laughs> we shouldn't be having this conversation now. Anyway, so I, I will say this, that her character, uh, Pela, is just is very captivating. And any concerns, you know, are likely to be easy like easily overlooked in my opinion and she she definitely brings a like distinct viewpoint to the table um she's incredibly intelligent and just kind of profound bored and just have a yearning for novelty and so i think it's going to be cool to see how that aligns with the rest of the crew and plus this established connection between Pela and spock's mother amanda i mean it sets the stage for this kind of initial bond with spock and kind of the anticipation of her encounter with Pike all becomes more tantalizing and plus given his ongoing struggle to come to terms with his knowledge of his imminent demise I just think it's going to be she's going to be a kind of good fun wrench in the mix so we'll see and again kind of going back to Spock's mother Amanda she was first seen in the original episode Journey to Babel and was played by Jane Wyatt and then Winona Ryder played Amanda in the 2009 reboot film but in current canon amanda has been played by mia kirshner since discovery season one and and at the end of the episode i don't know if some of you caught this payla mentions that she quote unquote came out as a lethanite to spock's mother at some point in the past so maybe amanda could reappear this season who knows it's possible Overall, though, kind of moving away from these new characters and Spock, I think as, as weekly adventures go, this kind of daring act to steal the Enterprise and embark on this race to, to foil a crime syndicate plot to reignite the war between the Federation and Klingons is definitely weighty material, especially coming straight into the new season. So, bold decision... And fortune favors the bold, and it paid off, in my opinion. However, it, it definitely provided an opportunity to, for the show to delve deeper into Chapel and, and Membenga's relationship that's never really been explored before. I mean, 
I mean, much of the, the Good Doctor's narrative in the first season, if you guys remember, was really kind of always revolving around his hidden, terminally ill daughter, you know, stored in the ship's pattern buffer. But now, in Broken Circle, it's unveiled that, you know, he has lingering scars, that they're kind of glimpse and experience during the Klingon War, you know, back on Star Trek Discovery. So it's really going to be fun to kind of flesh those out in the next couple episodes. Maybe, maybe not. They could, I mean, Strange New Worlds loves to play with our expectations, so we may not get that. However, I will say Jess Bush and Babs, can we just call them Babs? Babs Oulasan Mukin have remarkable chemistry in their brief moments together, but this episode offers us a genuine glimpse into the significance they hold for one another and the somber history that they share. And so when, you know, the first season of Strange New Worlds came out, it was exceptional. And a lot of people, including myself, question, you know, is this kind of just beginner's luck? Is it just an accident? Are they going to poop the bed, land the plane in season two and be able to keep up this great writing and character arcs? And I... I really think they will. And I mean, concerns may arise, you know, about the ability of the creative team to kind of capture the lightning in a bottle once again and avoid that sophomore slump. But if Broken Circle is any indication, I am confidently declaring that the show will continue to just be as thought provoking and fun and thrilling as the first season. And I'm anticipating the show, the, the rest of the show. So we'll see. Again, it's we have to take up the Picard glasses because Picard was so beloved. And it was like going into a warm bath. And I loved every freaking episode. And it was awesome. And then now it's kind of like, okay, this is a completely different vibe, completely different show, completely different track. And I can't bring that over anymore. And that's been really hard to do. And I'll be honest, initially I was very disappointed with the episode, but I had to go back and rewatch it. And then I was like, okay, this actually isn't bad. I just kind of brought really high expectations that weren't indicative or fair to the show. So moving on, we're going to get into our fun Easter egg section of the review. And, you know, it's... we. <laughs> We see a lot of nods to the original series, to Deep Space Nine. We see a very generous uh, sprinkle of Discovery Easter eggs as well. Kind of just encompasses the entire franchise, goes everywhere. And if you think about it, I feel like as a prequel to the original series, Strange New Worlds could have just been literally wall to wall with Easter eggs. Nearly every single minute of its runtime could be that way. I mean, merely being aboard the Enterprise is kind of an Easter egg to, of itself to the original series. But either way, let's get into some Easter eggs from the Broken Circle. So first off, the Klingon War recap. Um, although Anson Mount says last season on Star Trek Strange New Worlds, the recap also includes several shots from Discovery Season 1 and Season 2. We see the USS Shenzo drifting in space next to the Klingon sarcophagus ship fighting a different Klingon ship, as well as we see Captain Pike again rocking that awesome blue Discovery uniform. And chronologically, the Klingon War began in 2256, which puts it about two years after the events of the episode The Cage 
and Discovery Season 2 ended in about 2258, and Strange New World Season 1 began in roughly 2259, and presumably we're still around 2259, 2260 in Season 2. So right at the cusp of peace in the Kittimer Accords between the Klingons and the Federation. Another great Easter egg was the Boy Scout reference. So number one says, there's the Boy Scout in you again. When Pike says he's going to fight for what's right. And uh, this feels kind of like almost a roundabout reference to Kirk in the, in the Wrath of Khan when David referred to Kirk as a quote-unquote overgrown Boy Scout. Um, but I, I don't know if Kirk or Pike were ever Boy Scouts, but this is a fun, fun uh, Wrath of Khan reference there. And moving on to probably the biggest Easter egg was the origin of Spock's Vulcan loot or Vulcan harp or whatever you want to call it. It's Spock's Vulcan nature blocks his emotions and they're kind of in this state of flux in this in this episode. And Mbengua, is that Mbenga? I can't, I'm so bad at that. <laughs> um, prescribes him a unique stress reliever. You know, it's kind of, hey, make some music. That'll help calm you down, get your nerves under control. And in terms of chronological appearances of Spock's Vulcan loot, this appears to be the very first time he plays the instrument as part of his regular routines. In real life, in real Linda, the prop was designed for the original series by Hua Chang, a brilliant like prop maker, model maker, um, who built and designed several objects for TOC, including TOC, TOS, I'm sorry, including the classic tricorder, you know, the Romulan bird of prey, and even the classic Gorn. So Spock's harp is a big deal throughout Trek canon, if you didn't know. And um, it actually appeared for the first time in the episode Charlie X and in Spock's hands for the last time in The Final Frontier. But from Voyager to Lower Decks, this classical, you know, it's a fake instrument, is everywhere in Trek canon. And, you know, there was a little bit of uh, maybe tip of the cap in uh, this episode when Uhura shows interest in Spock playing music and maybe foreshadowing their uh, musical collaboration in the original series. So staying with the Spock Easter egg, I love that they really played with his quote-unquote thing. So Ortegas, Mitchell, and Uhura, they kind of all tease Spock about getting catchphrase, you know, to send the ship into warp. And in all the contemporary treks, you know, this has become kind of a running gag. So Rue workshopped his thing in Discovery Season 3. Captain Freeman says, warp me in Lower Decks. And Picard Season 3 ended with the audience not knowing what 709's catchphrase was. So weirdly enough, back in the original series, both Pike and Kirk said engage a few times. In fact, engage was Pike's thing way before it was Picard. Um, why did Pike switch to it? Switch to uh, hit it? after the cage nobody knows my thing would totally be punch it or let's light this candle that would just be my thing it's really tough to say you never know because when there's you know a crowd of people 15 60 people on the bridge you want it to be cool and inspiring but either way that has been the review of broken circle and again let us know what you think hit us up on social media we love to hear from you guys so luna let's wrap this up
Wow, what a great way to start off season two. And I know that there were some that didn't like the pacing or or the overall feel of the episode. But to me, again, I really enjoyed it. I had to watch it again a second time just to get those Picard glasses off. But um, Strange New Worlds is definitely keeping its own and keeping that momentum from the first season. Also, I want to kind of make an announcement for the podcast that we have a really interesting review coming along this week as well. I'm not also doing Strange New Worlds this week, but doing something that uh, took me a lot of time to do. We're reviewing our first Trek comic series, and it took me so long because we had to order uh, off Amazon and books had to come in. We had to wait a week or two, and so I, I just couldn't, you know, do the review until I got, I think it was five or six issues. But either way, I'm, I'm certain everyone's going to enjoy it. It's definitely very nerdy. It's probably the most nerdy thing I've ever reviewed in my life, but I, I love it. And it's, I'll, I'll give you a hint. Okay. I'll give it a Luna speaking in my ear saying I should give a hint. I'll give it. Here's the hint. We should stop monkeying around Captain Kirk and get to the mission. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. We should stop monkeying around Captain Kirk and get to the mission. That's all I'll say. That's the hint, but that'll be coming out in the next few days before the Strange New World Season 2, Episode 2 review comes out. Um, also, if you're kind of in need for more great entertainment and other reviews outside of Trek, please check out www.jasontalksmovies.wordpress.com. He just did a new review on the Spider-Verse movie, and it was fantastic. Check it out. His link to the blog is in the episode description that you clicked on to listen to this fantastic episode. And again, thank you for listening, and I'm really looking forward to covering all of uh, Strange New World Season 2 with you guys. And remember, as we wrap up today, take care of yourselves and others, and always, second start of the right, straight on till morning.